0: Excuse me. Okay, if you could just turn in your Bible to Nehemiah 6, and we'll come to those verses in a moment. I just want to read from a different passage in the New Testament. I just want to read from Ephesians. Pastor read some of these verses today, but just as an introduction, really, to the Word tonight. And it says in Ephesians 6, Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armour of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the very darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God." I just want to, where we came to Nehemiah 6, but an introduction, just that's why I read Ephesians. Nehemiah was called to do a work. Nehemiah was uh, the king's cupbearer in Persia. But he got a report from Jerusalem. That the exiles had been back so many years before but the walls of of Jerusalem had not been built up. And Jeremiah, it was upon his heart to build those walls. It was his heart, when he heard that report, it, it, it caused his heart to well up, and he wanted to do something for God. He wanted to build these walls up. So this was the calling, the work of Nehemiah's heart. Nehemiah had a heart for this work. This was a specific calling for Nehemiah. There was a desire in his heart. And I want to say this tonight God has given us, has given us a calling in our lives, a desire, a work that He wants for us to do. And we may have an inkling of what that work is to do. We may be well into that work. But we know that God has given us talents. Just as Pastor says about some about Becky and Tammy and others in here, God has given you a talent. But he wants you to use it for his work and for the calling in his life. It may be a specific ministry. We always think of calling as an up front. And it may be a specific ministry that maybe the Lord is calling you to. But it may be in your family. To bring up your children in the ways of the Lord. To be a mother or father that brings their children up to serve God. He may call you to a life of prayer, a work of prayer and intercession. He may have given you a calling as an encourager. To stand alongside people, to lift them up, to encourage them with the word of God. To say, listen, I'm standing with you, I'm here for you. And it may be one of those ministries there's countless more countless more. But that's the calling that God has put upon our hearts. And your heart is to do these things. And that's why I started with Ephesians. Because the minute we stand up with the calling of God in our heart, there will be opposition. The verses in Ephesians talk about the wiles of the devil. And basically the wilds means his methods, his plans, the things that he would oppose us with. Whatever we desire to do for God, whatever blessings God bestows upon us, whatever promises God has promised, whatever ministry God has given us, we have an enemy who wants to oppose us because he doesn't want that work done. He doesn't want you to fulfill that calling. He wants to stop the work of God. And this brings us to Nehemiah 6. And just, there's others among this, but I see three things, three schemes, three wiles of the devil here that he tries to oppose us with. And I just want to share briefly tonight just these three things and the three answers that Nehemiah gave and how Nehemiah counteracted these these wiles of the devil. So in chapter six, we just read a couple of verses at the moment. Now it came to pass when Sambalat and Tobiah and Gishm and Ara- uh, 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 excuse me, and Gisham the Arabian, and the rest of our enemies heard that I had builded the wall and that there was no breach left therein. though at that time I had not set up the doors upon the gates, that Sambalat and Geshem sent unto me saying, "Come, let us meet together in some one of the villages in the plain of Ono, but they thought to do me mischief. And this is the first thing that the enemy will try to do. The enemy will try to distract us. He will try to distract us from the calling of God. He will try to just call us away from the thing that we should be doing. And basically what he wants to do, he wants to stop the work. What, what is a distraction? Well, basically the di- di- dictionary... Di- My teeth are not in the night. <laughs> the dictionary definition is it is an interruption. An interruption. Listen, if you're sitting watching your TV and there's an interruption, you think, what's wrong with that? You start, well, maybe you start smacking the new ones, but the old ones you did, you, you give them a core bang. There's an interruption. And what the enemy wants to do, he wants to interrupt God's calling in your life so that he can stop the work of God. And this is what they said to Nehemiah. Come, Let us meet together in some one of the villages in the plain of Ono. And just one of the first things I see is just the subtlety of the enemy. This man, Sambalat and Tobiah and Geshem, these were just pawns. Really, what's behind this is the enemy. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, as Pastor was saying this morning. We wrestle against the enemy, spiritual wickedness in high places. And these were just pawns. And, and, and Satan was using them to stop this work. And they were was, was so subtle. Come, let us meet together in some one of the villages. Come, let us meet together. Simple. Small things. Come, let's, come to, let's meet together and let's talk about this. And they put it in such a way that it was we're alongside you. What can we do to help? How can we help with the work? What can we, we do? Come on, let's talk about it. And really, what they're just trying to do is to get them to stop because Nehemiah knew his calling. Nehemiah knew the work that he was called to do. And when you know that, you don't need to talk about it and talk about it and talk about it and talk about it and have a meeting and about a meeting. It's like working for the council. <laughs> you don't need a meeting. When you're sure this is what God has called me to do, God wants you to do it with all of your heart. I don't mean, don't take wise counsel. Don't talk to people that you can trust. But these people just wanted to to distract Nehemiah from the work of God. It sounded innocent. Come, let us have a meeting. Come, let's talk about this. But their hearts were to do him harm. It says there, but they, they, they thought to do me mischief. It was disguised. Mischief was disguised as concern. It was disguised as help. It was disguised as support. But it wasn't. And it really is a sign of the sheep or the wolf in sheep's clothing. And the enemy won't come to you with just full on because you'll see it. But he'll come subtly. And he'll look like a sheep. But it actually is a wolf. Because he wants to stop the work of God. It wasn't real concern that he came with, because he says, "Let us meet in one of the villages." A no-no. It's just, let's meet in one of the villages. There was no plan here. This wasn't a plan. Let's meet. You choose. They didn't want to support him. If it had been a real concern and a real support, they would have had it worked out. They would have had details. They would have said, listen, we're coming alongside. Here's what we propose. Here's our plan. But it was just off the cuff. Let's meet. Let's meet in one of the villages. It was a stalling tactic. But its real agenda was to do a mischief. And the word mischief means to do bad, to harm, evil, sorrow, misery and wrong. Most commentators say they wanted to assassinate him. They wanted to assassinate Nehemiah. They wanted to assassinate him from the work of God. His enemy is meant to stop the work and no length was too far. Enemy of our souls will go to no, no length is too far for him to stop the work. And he will try every way. Stop Nehemiah and you stop the work. No length is too far for Satan. And our enemy wants to stop the work of God in our lives. And he puts all kinds of distractions into our lives. I was out during the week. And I was just I was, I was walking in, in Belfast. And I seen someone just pass, passing. And I hadn't seen in quite a long time. Who used to go to this church. We talk a lot of years back. And I thought I hadn't seen him in a long time. And they used to be in here praising the Lord. Lifting their hands. At cell groups. Learning the things of God. Being a worshipper, and I thought to myself, "Going nowhere." They left because they got distracted. Enemy had brought a plan into their life, and they fell for it. There's so many distractions that Satan will bring into our lives. Simple things, also. You think about maybe a partner, a girlfriend, or a boyfriend comes into your life. Listen, we got to be careful. It's not a distraction, and it doesn't become a distraction. It will fit in. If it's God's plan, it will fit in with that plan. We've got to be careful. Maybe it's a position that we, we desire, but it's not the position that God has for our lives. Maybe it's riches. Jesus talked about the rich young ruler. He says, Give up all, sell all you have, come and follow me. And he was sorrowful, for he had great riches temptations come into our lives every single day maybe it's friends sometimes friends are good but sometimes we have to say no to friends because we have to do the plan of God and the things that fulfill the work and the calling of God you know you think of your prayer room and I've done this myself the first thing you can bring into your prayer room is probably your phone because you're sitting And you're praying, you're seeking the Lord, and the next thing you have a text message. And you think, I wonder who that is. (laughs) And it's a distraction. Simple distraction, but it's distracting us from seeking the face of God. And all of these distractions can come in, and they can be very, very serious. Because it's not too long before a distraction can become a desire. Because all desires start with that distraction. If it's not the will of God, it turns your eyes, and all of a sudden it can become a desire. You think about distractions, I'm thinking of Peter in the boat. When Jesus says, Walk come out onto the boat, bid me come. And he get out. But it says when he started to see the winds and the waves, he started to sink. When he took his eyes off Jesus. Saul was distracted by his own ego. God said to him, When you were little in your own eyes. He had the blessing of God. But when he got full of his own ego, he got distracted. And it brought his kingdom down. We think of David with Bathsheba. We think of Judas with greed. We think of Cain by jealousy. Paul says in, in Colossians 4, verse 14, but a man called Demas. And this is just, he was a man that worked with, with, with Paul Look, the beloved physician, and Demas greet you. In Philemon, verse 24, says, These salute you, Demas, Lucas, my fellow laborers. But there it says in 2 Timothy 4 and 10, For Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world. He got distracted. And he just didn't wake up one morning and think, I love the world more. This had been growing. This started somewhere. This started in a small place and it grew and it became a desire. This is a man who walked and served God, one of the fellow laborers with Paul. And it's sad to read, for Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world. A distraction can become a way of life. Five times these men sent this this message to Nehemiah. And the devil's not going to give up at the very, very beginning. He's not just going to come once and say, oh, they're not interested. He is going to keep coming and keep coming and keep coming. Now, that doesn't sound very encouraging, but we have to be weary. We have to know the wiles of the enemy because he wants to distract us from the word of God. So how did Nehemiah handle this? Well, verse 3 says, And I sent messengers on to them, saying, I am doing a great work. So that I cannot come down. Why should the work cease while I leave it and come down to you? Nehemiah answered it with a big resounding flat, No. No. I won't come. I won't be distracted. I won't meet with you. I won't do it. And that is what we have to do with this, this distraction, the distractions that will come from the enemy. We have to say no. I'm not doing it. You know, if we start with a no, then these distractions won't get a hold. We can't start with, let's see about it, I'll think about it. Well, I'll see if I can fit it in. Well, I could maybe come down just for a wee small while, but I've got to be back at a certain time. Listen, if that's going to be our answers, we're, we're, we're walking on, on very shaky ground. We have to say, no, no to the distractions of the enemy. It has to be an immediate no. Proverbs 4.20 to 23 says, My son, attend to my words, incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart, for they are life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh. Keep thy heart with all diligence, For out of it are the issues of life. Keep your heart. Don't let it be distracted. Say no. Proverbs 1 verse 10 says, My son, if sinners entice thee, consent thy not. Immediate no. Consent thy not. Don't think about it. You don't have to think about it. You have to say no. And listen, to walk with the plan of God and the calling of God, it is going to take grit. Grit. It is going to take determination. It is going to take focus. The Bible says about walking circumspectly. You know, I think sometimes we rush into things. I've done it myself. And by God's grace, we don't want to rush into things. Do we think sometimes when we get in, we look at something, do we actually, actually weigh it up? Do we weigh up? Is this going to take away from the calling of God in my life? Is this going to take up more time than I am going to have to shorten my time with God? Is this going to draw me away from church? Is this going to draw me away from the people of God? These, this is what it means to walk circumspectly. Weigh it up. Weigh it up. Look at it. Joseph, with Potiphar's wife, was a straight no. But she kept coming, and he kept saying no. To the point where he ran. And sometimes the best way to say no is run. Run from it. Don't visit it. Don't look at it. Run from it. Because it is better to have the calling of God in our lives than to be distracted away from it. Joshua was the same. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. No, I won't serve other gods. You do what you want, but as for me and my house, I will serve the Lord. Say no to the distractions. The enemy wants to distract us from the work of God. He wants to stop the work, but we say no to him. Second thing is the enemy will try to destroy our character. If he can't distract us, he'll try and destroy our character. Look what it says there in verse 5. Then sent Sambalat, his servant, unto me in like manner, the fifth time, with an open letter in his hand, wherein was written It is reported among the heathen, and Gishmu saith it, that thou and the Jews think to rebel, for which cause thou buildest the wall, that thou mayest be their king according to these words. And thou hast also appointed prophets to preach of thee at Jerusalem, saying, There is a king in Judah, and now shall it be reported to the king according to these words. Come now, therefore, and let us take counsel together. A different tact can't distract Nehemiah. So he tries to destroy his character. And if we do this, if Nehemiah, Nehemiah said no, Because we know that Nehemiah's heart in in chapter 1 verse 4 was for this work. His heart was moved for it. So the enemy tries to attack his character. He tries to say, Nehemiah, this is selfish ambition. It's for your own glory. You're trying to set up your own kingdom. You're building it for yourself. You're promoting yourself. You've set prophets up to speak about you, how good you are. And it also is a dangerous accusation, because it said this will be reported to the to the king, and this is to the king of Persia, because Nehemiah, Israel at this time was under tribute to the king of Persia. And if this had got back to him, this could have been serious for all of Jerusalem, all of Israel, because he could have said, "I'm not letting the king take over me, take over, and, and take over on my position. This Jerusalem belongs to me." And this could have been very serious for Israel. And if we're going to do anything for God, there's times we're going to have our characters questioned. People are going to look, at best they're going to, they're going to misunderstand. And at best, or at worst, they're going to hate us for it. And somewhere in this scale, we're going to find people come against us. But remember, it's the enemy. We don't fight against flesh and blood. Have you ever had anybody gossip about you? Have you had anybody ever try to undermine your position? Try to undermine your character and who you are? Have you ever had anybody who's lied about you? Have you anybody who just don't, won't understand or don't understand or won't understand you? They don't see your heart. They just see your actions. They just say, who do they think they are? That's two of our favourite phrases here. Who do you think? Who do they think they are? And they think they are something. And people will say that. And we're going to have our characters questioned. And in these last days, that's going to be on the increase. Our characters are going to be tested. They're going to be questioned. And do you know, for Nehemiah, what he done? It's hard to defend yourself against this. It is very hard to defend yourself. Because we fight again we'd we we do not fight against flesh and blood. But what Nehemiah says in verse eight, then I sent unto him, saying, There are no such things done as thou sayest, but thou feignest them out of thine own out of thine own heart. For they all made us afraid, for they all made us afraid, saying, Their hands be, shall be wakened from the work that it be not done. Now therefore, O God, strengthen my hands. And the way Nehemiah answered this was, no, you're wrong. And what we have to be is content. And we have to question our hearts at times too, but we have to be content that our hearts are right before God. And sometimes we're just going to have to accept it. That people are envious or jealous and they are going to gossip and they are going to talk And they're going to try to undermine. And we're just going to have to accept it. And know in our own hearts that it is wrong. Nehemiah says, it's your own imagination. He's seen it for what it was. And he called it for what it was. It's all in your mind. Because they wanted to stop the work of God. But Nehemiah says, you think what you want. I'm going on with the work of God. I'm not stopping I am going to grow in God and I'm going to seek his face. And sometimes if we don't think that, if we don't do those things and be content that our hearts are right, we find ourselves, as it says there, they tried to weaken their hands. We find ourselves taking a little step back from the work. And we find ourselves maybe trying to please that person or those people or that group that are maybe trying to undermine us, to prove ourselves to them. To prove ourselves to them. But we have to be content and prove ourselves to God. And He will look after it for us. Later on, we'll find out what happened. But we have to be content that our hearts are right with God. We don't build and work God's calling on people's opinions. We work and we build God's kingdom on what he thinks of us. And if we can get that into our hearts, then we can go on in the work. And the work, will not, the work will prosper. They tried to make us afraid and weaken us. But Nehemiah says, no, I'm not stopping. I am going on with the work that God has called me to. Jesus said in Matthew 10, I'll just, let me just read this to you. He says, verse 16, Behold, I send you forth a sheep in the midst of wolves. Be ye therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves. But beware of men, for they will deliver you up to the councils, and they will scourge you in their synagogues. And ye shall be brought before governors and kings for my sake, for a testimony against them and the Gentiles. But when they deliver you up, take no thought, har, or what you shall speak, for it shall be given you in that same hour what you shall speak. For it is not ye that speak, but the spirit of your father which speaketh in you. And the brother shall deliver up the brother to death, and the father the child, and the children shall rise up against their parents and cause them to be put to death. And ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake, but he that endureth to the end shall be saved. But when they persecute you in this city, flee you into another. For verily I say unto you, you shall not have gone over the cities of Israel till the Son of Man be come. And listen to this. The disciple is not above his master, nor the servant above his Lord. It is enough for the disciple that he be as his master and the servant as his Lord. If they have called the master of the house of Beelzebub, how much more shall they call them of his household? And Jesus is saying exactly the same thing. There is going to be gossip, they're going to try to undermine you, they're going to hate you, they're going to be envious, they're going to be jealousy. But he says, they've done it to me. And if they've done it to me, they'll do it to you. But he says, continue on with the work. Continue on with the work. Keep moving in God. The work goes on. The enemy will try to distract you. He'll try to destroy your character. And thirdly, he'll try to discourage you. The first two attacks there in verse 2 and verses 5 to 7 we read were direct outside attacks. But this next one in verse 10 is, is, is from the inside. Now you would think within church that everyone supports you and that's the way it should be. But the enemy tries to infiltrate and cause treachery from within. Look what it says, verse ten. Afterward I came unto the house of Shemaiah, the son of Delaya, the son of Mahitabil, who was shut up, and he said, Let us meet together in the house of God within the temple, and let us shut the doors of the temple, for they will come to slay thee. Yea, in the night will they come to slay thee. This man they say was probably one of the priests, or a son of the priests. And because Nehemiah went to visit him in his house, it tells us maybe that this man was an intimate friend of Nehemiah's. That they maybe took counsel together. They would meet and discuss things. And Nehemiah would share things with him and ask for advice. And this is the one that can really discourage you. Because you think people are for me. Even within church, the enemy will infiltrate and use people even within church. And it can be very, very discouraging because you think, I have, I, I'm doing what is right here. This is a good thing that I'm doing. I'm building these walls to stop the attacks of the enemy. But even people will be jealous and envious of you here. Let us, sh- let us shut the doors. He said to him, Nehemiah, uh, give it up. Give it up. Hide yourself away. Preserve yourself. The work is not worth your life. The cost is too great. It's one thing to have an outward persecution, but it's another thing when it comes from within. Nehemiah, give it up. You know, you think those should should be encouraging you. It should build you up. It should inspire you. They should be happy for you. But sadly, it's not always the case. Sadly, it is not always the case. But they deal in treachery. Because it's envy. You know, maybe it highlights their own desires. That they want what you want have. Maybe it's their own feelings. That they won't do what they should do. But whatever it is... They want to discourage you from doing it. They don't want you to grow. And that's a terrible thing. And the thing about a commentator say, put this in the form of a prophecy. And they can make it sound very, very spiritual. This is not for you. This isn't for you. I, I really believe this is not of God. And they can make it sound that way. But we have to know in our hearts that God is with us. And God is for us and we're in the calling of God, and we have to move on in it. And they can make it sound so so spiritual. You think of Job and his friends. And his friends came to him and said, there's sin in your life, Job. And he was discouraged. So discouraged. The three of them came in, and every one of them discouraged him. You think of what his wife said. Job, curse God and die when you think about it, let me read a scripture of just how exactly how Job felt. My kinsfolk have failed and my familiar friends have forgotten me. They that dwell in mine house and my maids count me for a stranger. I am an alien in their sight. I called my servant and he gave me no answer. I entreated him with my mouth. My breath is strange to my wife, though I entreated for the children's sake of mine own body. Yea, young children despise me. I arose and they spoke against me. All my inward friends abhorred me and they whom I loved are turned against me. My bone cleaveth to my skin and to my flesh and I am escaped with the skin of my teeth. Sounds pretty bad, doesn't it? How could this man not be discouraged? His wife, his kinsfolk, his servants, his children, maids, everyone. Turned against him. He was discouraged. Let me read from Second Samuel. Again, this is the story of David. And it came to pass after that that Absalom prepared him chariots and horses and 50 men to run before him. And Absalom rose up early and stood beside the way of the gate. And it was so that when any man that had a controversy came to the king for judgment, then Absalom called unto him and said, Of what city art thou? And he said, Thy servant is of one of the tribes of Israel. And Absalom said unto him, See, thy matters are good and right, but there is no man deputized of the king to hear thee. Absalom said, "Moreover, O that I were made judge in the land, that every man which hath any suit or cause might come unto me, and I would do him justice." He's trying to undermine his very father. And it was so that when any man came nigh to, to him to do him obeisance, he put forth his hand and took him and kissed him. And on this manner did Absalom to all Israel that came to the king for judgment. So Absalom stole the hearts. Of the men of Israel, their very son, undermining his own father, stealing the hearts of the people who should have been encouraging the people to love the king. And this is very discouraging. And it went on in the story with, with Absalom. You know, you know parts of that. But David was discouraged. Job was discouraged. But what does Nehemiah do? Nehemiah says again, no, I will not go in. I will not hide myself. I will go on with the work of God. What Nehemiah does, I believe, is reminds himself. He says, and I said, should such a man as I flee. Should such a man as I flee. And I believe what Nehemiah had done here, he encouraged himself in the calling of God. He says, I am called to build this wall. I am called to do this work. And I will not be deflected from it. I will not be discouraged. He encouraged himself in the calling of God. He encouraged himself in the Lord like David did. He encouraged himself in the Lord. He says, I will not flee. Should such a man as I flee. No, I won't do it. And it wasn't arrogance From Nehemiah, but it was an acknowledgement that God was involved in his life, that the calling of God was upon him and he was going to go on in it. And this is how he deflected that discouragement. God has given me a work to do and I will not neglect God's work. And one of the keys, I think, to all of of chapter six is one of the things that, that Nehemiah says. And he says it in verse three. And I sent messengers unto them saying, I am doing a great work. Not just a work, I am doing a great work. And if we look at the Word of God like Nehemiah, that we're doing a great work, then we will have success. And we, it'll be easier. And we will be strengthened to say no, no to the distraction no to, that, to the attack on our character and no to the discouragement. I am doing a great work. Do you look at the work of God that you're doing as a great work? Or do you look at it just as something? Well, I do this along with, along with. But Nehemiah says, this is a great work. And this great work is the first priority in my life. This is my priority, is the calling of God in my life. And if I have to put things to the side, I will put things to the side. If I have to put things out of my life, I will put things out of my life because I am doing a great work. The calling of God in your life and my life is a great work because it's for a great God. If we hold lightly and treat the Word of God lightly and the calling of God lightly, well then, we won't hold on to it like we won't hold on. We'll hold on to it lightly. But Nehemiah says, "I am doing a great work, and I am going to finish this work. There's no distractions. There's no slander. There's no treachery that will stop me, because God is for me. And look what it says in verse fifteen. Despite all the distractions." Despite the attack on his character, despite the treachery. What does it say? So the wall was finished in the twenty and fifth day of the month. Elu, in 52 and two days. Fifty two days, this work was finished. Now he had to fight the enemy. He had to fight them. It took grit and determination. And he did fight them. But the work was finished. The calling on our lives that God has is a work that he he will finish and that we have to finish because it is a great work. Listen, the distractions will come. Left, right and centre at times. And you'll think, how do I get above this? People will talk about us will slander us, will gossip about us. They think they are something. And sadly, from within, people won't support us. People will say, "Ah, that's that's just too much. You're taking it too serious. But Nehemiah said it was a great work. And if we say it's a great work, then it will be finished. And God will finish his work and his plan in our lives. The wilds of the enemy will come. We can't do anything about them. We can't stop them coming, but we can't say no to them. We can't stop their effects in our lives. and we will be encouraged in the Lord, and we will see that work finished. To encourage you tonight, what has God given you to do? What promises has He given you? Listen, if we fight the wilds of the enemy that work will be finished. Go on with the work. Go on with the work because it is a great work for a great God. Let's pray.